0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional
1: conservative truth. The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz.
0: And welcome back, fellow besieged forgotten American taxpayers to the one and only conservative review podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, in the house for Wednesday, March 25th, a week and a half into this siege. This is our Flight 93 movement. As I said yesterday, but what can we do about it? Well, first off, you can go to our Facebook fan page that our fans set up, Hurwitz Sanctuary Citizen or Citizen Sanctuary. Um, Hurwitz Citizen Sanctuary. Um, click send email if you want to sign, uh, sign up um, to get involved and organize by state. I know a lot of you have requested that. And I want to start that today. And that's going to be the subject of today's show how we go about fighting back. Look, just to reiterate some of the points here, okay? Some of the some of the critical points that we need to reiterate, and I think is very important. So basically, they came out with this insane bill today. I mean, utterly insane bill. Two trillion dollars in spending, and we know Larry Kudlow already said. It's going to be $6 and you know what? It's going to be more than that when they're done with the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th phases of this. As I mentioned before, it's too much and too little at the same time. It's the worst of all worlds. Normally, if we're this much in debt and this much into market distortions, you would do the minimal amount you need to do for that week, just people drowning, those that aren't getting unemployment insurance, work up from their jobs, to get immediate relief to them. And everything else, we're gonna have to survey anyway, because it doesn't matter. Here's the punchline of what you need to know. Mitch McConnell was out there today when he announced it. And um he talked about a wartime level of investment. He compared it to World War II. Here's the problem with that there is no investment. You can't invest in a dead body. You can't invest in a black hole. If you get the truth out about the nature of this virus and put it in the right perspective and focus all your money, time and resources on the medical aspect of containing the virus and then properly studying and thereby balancing the right degree and geographical, demographical degree of quarantine and social distancing, but not a lockdown parlayed against getting people back to work then we could solve the problem and then the 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 fiscal cost will be more minimal and then at that point once the cost is more minimal we could survey the damage but if you don't do that which is what these democrat governors pushing back against trump yesterday are doing and most republican rhino governors too which accounts for most states they made it very clear that they revel It's not like a necessarily necessary evil. They revel in the opportunity. To infringe on liberty and just shut everything down. No, how dare you have any optimism? This is going to go on forever, dude. If that's the if that's the case, there is no amount of trillions of dollars that's going to solve that. There's no amount of that. There's nothing to invest in. You're investing in people staying home. Again, we force people down certain things we need to do. But here's the deal. So 250 billion of so 120 30 billion or so of the bill is hospital medical care. I didn't look into the details, but let's say fine, good, that's what we want. 250 billion is a very generous increase in benefits of UI unemployment insurance benefits. Immediately, you get them, all states increases it by $600 a week. On average for most states that's going to put it up to about $1000 a week. Per beneficiary, some states even twelve to fourteen hundred. That's a lot of money. Again, we're not talking about your indefinite salary. We're talking about just covering the gaps, you know. And then we already passed three weeks of um, mandated, uh, uh, you know, care or um, paid leave, which this bill makes sure that small businesses have the cash to cover it up front. Okay, fine. So it's there. Now let's focus on, rather than bankrupting us like Venezuela, presupposing a longer-term shutdown, let's try to not do it, not do the shutdown. Instead, they presuppose it. But then Republicans in their brilliance, they manage to get the worst of all policy worlds and the worst of all political worlds. They spend $2 trillion and still don't, it's too much, but it's too little. So here's what they do. They indiscriminately mail out checks to any family earning a, under 150,000 or under 75,000 as an individual. Um 1200 per person that's 2400 for a husband and a wife and $500 per kid. Thank God I am working. They are, that means that I will get a check for $3900 when I didn't lose a penny. Look, hey, I'll take it, I'll donate to charity, but it's ridiculous. A lot of people are hurting, but a lot of people do telecommute and are telecommuting now, and do have a job, so you don't want to overspend. But then on the other hand, if if you earned as an individual more than so it phases out from seventy five thousand to ninety nine thousand, and then for a family like you know one hundred fifty to one hundred ninety or so. But let's say you earn just over that threshold, and that's not wealthy, especially in a high cost area. You're a successful small business owner. It's based on last year's tax returns. So yeah, last year you earned $200,000. Now you're shut down. Guess what? You get nothing. You get nothing. It makes no sense. And again, if we're covering the unemployment for 24 to 36 weeks at such a generous level, why do we need this anyway? Oh, well, Daniel, we forcibly shut people down. We need compensation. Well, if you need reparations to people you shut down, I mean, successful small businesses... Earn a heck of a lot more than you know, twelve hundred a person per per week. So I mean, you got to deal with that. So you're not going to make that back. So the point is, we have no choice as a nation to try to achieve the right balance. What I want to talk to you about today with today's very special guest is what we can do at a state level to try to get state legislatures involved and our grassroots involved. Because here is the bottom line of what really scares me i am worried about not the president the president is trying to do the right thing and most of the restrictions are actually not coming from the feds they're coming from state and local governments now any county executive has the power of god it's unbelievable they, they, they could they just do anything they want forget about the money i'm worried about the liberty issue the fact that they are shutting us down letting out criminals to come in our homes, but then shut down gun stores so you can't protect yourselves. I mean, folks, I understand the quarantine. I understand the seriousness, but there's got to be a balance. There's got to be. I mean, and, and, and we're just started. Where is this headed next week? A week after that, a week after that. There's got to be some sort of oversight, balance, check, transparency, limitation. You know, there's got to be some discussion here. It's out of control with these governors and and, and where they're headed. We got to have some sort of transparency with us today is Mark Meckler. If you if you haven't heard of Mark, shame on you. Mark is one of the best grassroots leaders in this country. He's a co-founder of the Tea Party, but he's most famous for um, heading up the Convention of States project. Um, I know we have a lot of listeners to this show that are COS officials, directors, state directors, um, coordinators. This is bar none the best, most educated, most principled grassroots we have. Um, I do want to get to Convention of States itself at some point and where that's headed and where we're at, but we we have our houses on fire. So I want to talk with him more about his grassroots experience and what we can do in this great time of peril. Hey, Mark, thanks for listening to this monologue and thanks for joining us today.
1: Hey, it's good to be with you and I appreciate you sounding the alarm.
0: Absolutely, and sounding the alarm it is. Again, we all you heard what I had to say that the antecedent to any fiscal and economic response is the liberty issue. It's the logistical issue. Um here is what with my crystal ball, here is what scares me. And I want to set the table and then, you know, I want you to just open up with both both barrels. I'm scared about the fact that Trump seems to get everything I just said, and he seems to be striving to achieve that goal. But what few people are noticing is that were he to relinquish what the feds have done, it barely would make a difference because the governors are drag racing with each other how much they could tie up and gag people in their homes and and uh, take away liberties without any time limit, any transparency. Any check, any showing your work of rational basis balancing test of, hey, here's what we're seeing with the data. Here's, you know, it's with a heavy heart that I have to close businesses, but let's do it for seven days. We'll come back. No, no, no. They are reveling in it. We will do this. We're going to do it. You know, we're going to do it indefinitely. And what scares me is that in a few weeks from now, it will become clear that the Imperial College study was bogus. People are going to die. But again, that was baked into the cake from January. Um, because these same schmucks that are shutting us down having travel bans outside your home didn't want to have a travel ban from freaking Wuhan so yeah we let it in and and sadly there will be a few thousand people who will die from it like who die from pneumonia every season I I do you know there is a chance and we can't dismiss that that is somewhat more lethal than pneumonia and the flu but clearly the data shows it's nowhere near what they said Um, But just to spite Trump and just because they enjoy tyranny, they're going to keep doing this. So then we can't even rely on Trump anymore. That's the question. What do we do at a state level with the grassroots that you built to start countering this?
1: Well, I think that is the most important question we can ask. And I want to back up a little bit and just say this is this is human nature during times of crisis like right now it's really important that we remain vigilant for the protection of our system because this is the nature of government when there's a crisis government seizes more power and in our case what they're doing i believe very clearly at the state level is they're exceeding the bounds of the constitution the founders warned us constitution it's just a parchment barrier that wasn't a slam on the constitution it was saying that if we the people don't stand up and defend what's in the Constitution, the principles enumerated in the Constitution, then we're going to lose our rights. And frankly, we would deserve to lose our rights. And we have to remember, our rights don't come from the government. that bears repeating, because I think a lot of people forget this. In our system of governance, it says it in our founding documents, our rights come from our creator. And government is there to protect those rights And when they don't, and when they trample on those God-given rights, it's up to us to stand up and push back. And I understand, and you said this, but I'm going to repeat it. It bears repeating. Of course, sometimes they have to take extraordinary measures to protect public health and welfare. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we should all be smart. We should practice social distancing. We should wash our hands. We should be extra careful. We should do all these things. But it's our job as self-governing citizens at the most local levels to make sure that those emergency measures don't go too far. And the protection for us against federal tyranny is supposed to be state legislatures. You said it. I agree with you. I think Trump and Pence are both doing a really good job of expressing the tenets of federalism, and they're not going too far in the sense that they're not clamping down on our freedoms. I'm not happy with this bailout bill. We can talk about that separately. Let's start with our freedoms because I think that's where we start. They're not clamping down on our freedoms. Everything coming from the federal government in that regard right now is in the form of suggestions. You have Trump's 12 suggestions for 15 days to flatten the curve, I appreciate that, I like that, I want information from my government. They didn't mandate that we follow those things, they didn't impose criminal penalties, they didn't say they were gonna use law enforcement, but you stated this well. When this thing has come down to the state level, and I'm a huge fan of federalism, now what we have are tyrants at the state and local level just going hog wild, running over the Constitution. We essentially have, in many, many jurisdictions right now, what I would describe as house arrest. It's, it's all over the country. It's, it's insane. house arrest, yeah. Yeah, and house arrest, so no due process. There, there's no evidence that you're infected. There's no evidence that you're spreading the virus, but they're just gonna limit you to your house. Now, I'm gonna say this multiple times, Daniel. If you can stay in your house right now, it's a good idea. If you can stay out of public, of that's a good idea, right? And so, but what I say is, tell us what you think the good ideas are and then let us govern ourselves. This is the very basis exactly. of our system. And I I want to specifically address the Constitution. I'll flip it back to you. This is really important. Understand your Constitution says that you have certain fundamental rights. Here's one that is under assault right now, and I believe it's blatantly unconstitutional what they're doing. We have the freedom to travel. This is considered a fundamental right, specifically to travel on an interstate basis. A fundamental right means, according to the Supreme Court, it's up there with freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. It's like the First Amendment or the Second Amendment. It's a fundamental right, the freedom to travel. And there are places all across the country now where they say you can't ride your bike. <laughs> you can't yes. get on a scooter. Yes. You can't drive in your car. Yes. Okay, and so you here's the test when the Supreme Court's looking at this. Is there a compelling state interest in regulating this activity? And I think that probably they could make the argument there is. Okay, you got a pandemic. WHO says it's a pandemic. CDC says it's a pandemic. I think it's not true, but they're spreading fear that millions of people could die. I don't believe that. But they're going to make that case. So the second question is, have they addressed the problem in the narrowest way in possible? The narrow-
0: exactly, exactly. Because, Mark, let me just say, I, You know, I'm not a pot smoking libertarian. You know, I'm very into the fact that the feds and the states and their respective boundaries need to be very strong in a few things. Otherwise, you get chaos and nothing. And that's why I'm strong on crime, on strong on on sovereignty and illegal immigration and the need to check China and even to do things at a federal level to ensure that our supply chain stays here because of national security. I believe that that, you know, free markets need to be parlayed with the other two stools of the Reagan legs of the Reagan stool, culture and security. Right. We I believe in all that very strongly. And and quarantines for the individuals who are exposed and have it have been deeply rooted in our history when we were a much freer society in the 1800s. But but here's the deal to already go and say you're you are um getting rid of all gatherings of 50 or more people and then they're down to 10, but 50 more people even for days straight up First Amendment. But nonetheless, I was OK with that. I was like, you know, we like we didn't know that we don't know the science. There's a lot of conflicting things. It's new. Look, err on the side of caution. We shut it down. OK, I'm fine with that. But to take to take it in two ways, two variables, intensify both the severity and the indefinite nature of the duration okay that it's not a matter of assembling in in groups like you said even an individual in some places and the ones that haven't this is where they're headed if we don't stop it that you can't even go outside your house as an individual where there really is no rational evidence to pass even a rational basis test that there's value add to stopping the pandemic that overrides the 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 the, the unprecedented liberty concerns it's not even like kind of unconstitutional everything they're doing is unconstitutional but again there are times where it's needed i mean we all agree there are times but my concern is we okay we did it we did it we're almost two weeks into this fine but now if you look at the 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 facts that we've discussed very in great detail on this show about where this epidemic is headed and and where the deaths are coming from both geographically and time wise that until they show us more data shouldn't we have something like this i understand i understand the need to have one strong executive rather than a bunch of people dealing with a crisis but there's two things to that number one first of all it's not one person We already have 50 governors and God knows how many localities making their own rules. So we already have a million cooks in the kitchen so that we already didn't don't even have the benefit of one dictator. We have multiple. We have like hundreds of dictators. But number two is balance, balance, balance. Yes, we want him to have power. But, dude, are we prepared to say that every goddamn thing every governor and local official says? Okay, shut this down, tie up and gag Americans in their homes. Oh, but allow let out criminals so they could literally tie up this woman in Utah and almost killed her. Oh, and you can't go to a gun store because I shut them down. There's got to be a time. So shouldn't we activate our grassroots to demand that state legislatures get involved and say, look, You could give the governor's power, but there's got to be some sort of check on transparency, time and severity.
1: Yeah, I'm 100 percent with you. You know, we have four point three million people involved in our movement today. They're in every state legislative district around the country. I have a message going out to them right now. And what we're saying is don't go quietly into the night as your delivery is trampled your rights come from your creator they don't come from the government we need to stand against infringement and so we're asking our people to speak up and speak out against this and i'll start at the individual level daniel i'll tell you my my read on this on a very personal level i live in travis county texas and they've just done one of these essentially house arrest orders i won't comply i will not comply and i will tell you this is important again i keep saying this I'm going to be smart i'm not going to go out in public when i don't need to i'm going to practice social distancing doesn't mean i have to agree that they have the right to order me to do this stuff i'm going to be smart but i am not going to comply i'm just going to say hell no Mm -hmm. and that's what i want all our grassroots to do your action should be safe and smart and cautious but your your attitude should be one of defiance against this stuff. And we should let our state legislatures know, and I think this is really important, the legislatures are our representatives in our state government. And now we have all these state level executives acting like tyrants with impunity we want our state legislatures to be in session a lot of them have now left they're out of session you know they shut down they should come back they come should back. be in session electronically yes. they should weigh in on all this stuff they should temper their governor's powers yes. they should represent the people because we need them right now
0: and and, I, and we need your grassroots i mean what cos has successfully done with well, what are you up to 14 states have adopted
1: 15, 15 states now we've introduced in 49 states We've passed committees in 30 states. We've passed one house or another in 23 states. Wow. And we're completely passed in 15 Very states. Very powerful
0: grassroots. But but again, you know, our house is burning. So let's put that exactly. on hold. And, and, and we need to start. And look, the Democrats aren't going to do it, at least in the Republican states with the Republican legislatures. And there are many where they control the large majorities. They got to get into power into session, say, wait a minute, we'll give him a lot of leverage. But 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 there's got to be some sort of oversight, because what bothers me, it's more the attitude and the trajectory of where I see this going. I'm okay with most of what has happened until now, but what I'm not okay with as as I see the data. To me, it clearly doesn't warrant where they are headed with their attitude of an indefinite, severe um, shelter in place. That level, you, the, the social distance is, is one thing. The getting rid of gatherings is another thing. But to go and do this and then let out the criminals, it's very convenient what they do and what they don't want to do. What I don't like is how a lot of our colleagues, including all these libertarians, it's amazing, Daniel the fascist, you know, I was called like a, like a statist, a fascist because I'm tough on crime. Like, yeah, you know, I'm the last man standing for liberty here. What bothers me is that, wait a minute, wait a minute, are we going to say it's just a complete free-for-all? Oh, pandemic, pandemic. Daniel, shut up, shut up. Do you want people to die? Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, it's like you go to the doctor's office and you, know, you something's bothering you in your leg and the guy says, and I forget what type of disease this is, but it's, it's horrific. I know someone who, who had it in my neighborhood. Um, you have this this disease. You're gonna, we're going to have to immediately amputate all four limbs. Now, no sane person would be like, okay, hey, yeah, fine. You would overturn every stone to make sure that is the will of God and that there's nothing you could do to avoid that outcome. That's what I want people to view this as. To so like the, the forget about the economic outcome. That that's certainly one thing and as I've noted on my show, um it's it's going to result in medical problems and more people will die as a result of that than from coronavirus. But just the severity of what you're doing with liberty short term and then the long term keeping that genie out of that bottle that you're never gonna put back in, that is very strong hemlock you are consuming. You gotta be 100, I mean, you gotta really be sure that it, it absolutely is necessary. That is the, the minimal thing that is needed to do, and no one's even asking it. That's what bothers me.
1: Yeah, so I wanna make you feel a little bit better because I'm, I am in touch with tens of thousands of people all across the country, ultimately millions of people, they are asking and they are chafing. And this is a word that I'm using repeatedly. You you can go along with this if you want to, but you should be chafing under it. And you should be constantly asking the questions you just asked, how long, how far, what's the plan? This is one of my frustrations is they don't seem to have a plan. It's simply we're gonna lock you down and you're gonna stay locked down as long as we want. I'm not okay with that. And I, so people should chafe, people should resist, people should be frustrated people should organize. And this is something that we are particularly good at. Our people are organized. There are a few steps to this. I mean, one thing Daniel, that I think is very important, you're saying it with defiance, but I would add in hope. In other words, I don't believe this is anywhere near as bad as they're saying. I could be wrong, <clears throat> but I'm reading all the same studies, all the same statistics. So what I see is that um, we just saw more good news today. It appears that this virus doesn't mutate very quickly. That means it's easier to develop a vaccine. When I look at the numbers, by the way, if you look at the flu numbers in this last season, 38 million infected, 390,000 hospitalizations, 23,000 people died. Where's the panic, right? Where's the chaos? Well, 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 they'll,
0: they'll say the hospitals in places like New York City are, you know, they weren't taxed in before, but now they are.
1: And they can say that. But have we first of all, we haven't seen that yet. And again, I do not mind us raising the alarm a little bit, producing more ventilators, freeing up American economy and industry and creativity to deal with a potential crisis. I'm not saying don't be careful. I'm just saying don't be out of control. Don't be in a sense of panic. Panic is never good. It is, there is no situation under which you can say, it's so great that everybody panicked. We did so much better because there was a panic. What we want to do is what you're saying is we want to look at the data. We want to use reason. We want to analyze this stuff. And so there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of fear if your fear is then exercised rationally. And so you're fearful, you think this might be a big deal. So we look at the data. The data right now doesn't support what they're saying. I, one of the things I've been saying for a long time is, We'll be saved by the ingenuity of American industry if we just let it go. And so now what, we, what do we see now? Now we see chloroquine looks like chloroquine and, and Zithropax. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, Zithro. That stuff looks like z pack. that it's going to knock this thing out. If that's the case, it's basically crisis over here. People are going to get infected. People aren't going to die. I think the death rates are going way, way down. My prediction is they're going to end up somewhere around the regular flu. The, this thing, you and I talked about this off air yesterday. This thing's been in the United States since December. Yes. <laughs> I mean, We're absolutely, anybody who says that this thing just started in March, they're lying uh, but to By
0: the way, thanks to these very clowns, because I, l- l- let me just tell you this. I hit Trump pretty hard in January for not shutting off travel quickly enough. Um, but to be fair, the the, the reason they didn't do it is because he would have gotten clobbered by the lobbyists, the industries, and the Democrats. You know the disruption you're creating! And now we'll laugh at that. Yeah, we wish we would only have the international disruption. But he's not wrong because, I mean, even when he did it, which was too late, um, they went crazy. And as late as January 29th, Nancy Pelosi had a bill to... Strip him of authority, which constitutionally you can't do because the Supreme Court has says it's inherent executive authority to govern com- commerce. But strip the delegated statutory authority to end, um, to, you know, to to ban travel. I mean, it's mentally yeah, I, ill.
1: Well, look. So this is this incessant political battle. I, I don't. This is something else that's been going on under this presidency. I worry about separation of powers. Uh, this impeachment was really, in my opinion, and I know I might be in the minority on this. They can. It's a political maneuver, but it was essentially an attempt to overturn an election. I'm worried about our government systemically. I'm worried about basic yes. levels of liberty and freedom. This is what I think people should be rising up against. No,
0: absolutely, absolutely. But I want to make it very clear to our listeners where I see this going at, at a federal level. We're going to have to deal with doing the right policies economically, you know, to, to limit the debt and spending and have it more on deregulation. And, uh, you know, a build, rebuilding America with an amazing regulatory and tax climate, immigration policies, worker visa policies, sovereignty policies, national security policies. Um, and we certainly have a lot of that here. But in the immediate concern of our liberty, which is also the antecedent to the economic problem, because that's what's shutting everything down. My concern and, and you know this, like my, my fear is if this winds up being the way you said it, with the way you're predicting. They will always have some measure of confusion to justify continuing it. And if nothing else, just because Trump wants one thing, they're going to push the shutdown longer than it needs to be. And that's where I think everyone's focused on Washington. Here's one one idea I have, and I want to get your thoughts on this. One of the things they have in this bill is $150 billion for states. So they have small business, big business, individuals, hospitals. And then they have states, $150 billion. I want to contend the following. States can't have it both ways. Okay? If you're going to play the role of God, stronger than a president, that you could block individual liberty, which they cannot do, by the way. It's not. States have a lot of latitude, not that much latitude. Then you break it. You own it. What I think needs to happen right now, there is no counterpressure. There's no disincentive for going too imbalanced in focusing on Corona in a vacuum and quarantine in a vacuum and shutdown in a vacuum. So there's because the feds are coming in and bailing out the economic damage and giving the states the money. My view is we need to reconvene in the states. A, I think we need to do three things. A, we need to um, do what we should do at a federal level to cut off all funding for state officials until the economy reaches a certain benchmark. That's number one salaries. Number two, we talk about the transparency limitations, um, and stipulations on the governor's power to close things. And number three, we need to make it that Trump says at that point, no ticky, no shirty. If you are going to prolong the economic malaise, then you pay for it. And one of the things that I think need to be done is they need to pass in the state legislatures that so long as this is going on, the property tax is suspended. What do you think of that?
1: I'm a big fan of that. Like I just, I think New York is so funny that this uh, city of New York just refused to suspend sales tax payments for businesses. So they're shutting down businesses and telling them they still owe last month's sales tax tickets. I just want you to think of the irony (laughs) of that. They're preventing people from earning the money to pay their sales taxes. And then they're imposing that burden on those businesses. And they said, Oh, well, we're really sorry. We're out of money. In other words, the government itself is not going to suffer during this time. They're not going to cut their budgets. They're just going to cut your budget. And I think it's outrageous. So, yeah, I like the idea of suspending property tax right now.
0: Sure, sure. Because, uh, you know, what What I'm saying is we need to get people activated. They, they're all our base is so obsessed with all I have to do is defend Trump. Trump will take care of us. But the problem with that is, first of all, just in general, you got Jared Kushner, you got Mnuchin, you got the idiots, the Democrats in the administration that are really sometimes lead, lead, lead them, uh, you know lead him to the wrong direction but then in addition to that in in addition to that Trump is on fire now and he's good but again even if he does everything we want this shutdown is from the governors at this point now look you know my opinion and I I will stand behind this I believe this is like civil rights I believe if we do get up to a point in a few weeks where the data is clear and it's clearly unjustified and they're prolonging it that it is Every bit is right that that, you know, as as Eisenhower had to send down the National Guard to prevent them from breaking the civil rights of of black Americans. The same thing applies here. States are a bulwark against federal tyranny. But as, as Madison and the founders, when they created the federal government, they made it very clear the door swings both ways that when states are tyrannical, the federal government needs to step in as well. And that needs to be rectified. But I doubt that will happen, unfortunately. So what is the next step? People ask me, what could we do at a state level? What could we do?
1: Right. So first of all, I don't think that the federal government's going to need to step in. And the reason I say that is because I, I can tell you from talking to folks, they're chafing under this. And you're not going to be able to keep Americans in their homes, out of the streets, out of their businesses for months on end. It's just not going to happen. It's not in the nature of American society. We're not sheep yet. This is, And this is really important. We see pictures of Spain or Italy, and this is a different society. In Spain and Italy, people are used to being under the government's though. They have been. They've, they've been under totalitarian governments before, both of those countries. They have a history of that. And they certainly live under deeply intrusive, controlling socialist governments right now that's not the American state of being at this time in our history. We could go there if we're not careful. And so I don't think Americans are going to tolerate it. I intend personally, just to be straight, to foment the unrest myself. Yes. I don't think it's going to take federal troops. Well, I'm going to be out there well, and I'm going to well, encourage our people to be out
0: But there. why do you hate old people?
1: You know, my parents might disagree with that. Both of my parents are in their 80s and I saw them this week. They live in a retirement community here in Texas in Sun City. Probably average age there is 75 or 80. And I'll tell you, those people are chafing. They're frustrated. They don't like this. And most interesting to me, they're not scared. Like these are people who've seen a lot more than I've seen at 57. They've seen a lot of tragedy. They've seen a lot of challenge. They've seen the U.S. A lot of them have seen the U.S. go through depression, through a world war, and they're not scared of this and they don't like all this lockdown stuff. And so, again, I think we as Americans ourselves are a self-governing people. We know how to do what's right. I've been out there, Daniel, and I've been out in public when I need to be buying groceries and stuff like that. People are being smart. I haven't seen anything. I literally saw nothing out there where I thought, "Wow, I can't believe how stupid those." No, people are, people
0: are being vi- in my area too. You know, they're keeping a distance at line at at, at Rite Aid. Um, everyone's being polite. Um, you know, I, I think it is bringing out the best in people. A lot of people are helping. If someone um has a cystic fibrosis kid at home, or or an elder, you know, they're elderly. People are dropping off. Um, you know, we certainly have you know in the churches, the synagogues here um networks that drop off food at the at their porch i mean it brings out the best in americans but again you have to have freedom of movement w- together with prudence and um i am just really really terrified but but you're you're telling me you have hope you you really do see people rebelling cuz i'm not seeing it
1: yeah oh i do uh, look because there are people like me and most of them are not public figures And they're just not going to go along with this. And and again, I want you to remember if people rebel against this, generally you're not going to actually see much because the bottom line is if you look at most of the orders, most of the things that are in most of the orders are things that people are going to do common sense anyways, right? Social distancing, the things that you talked about. Also, let's like these stay at home orders, right? People are allowed to go out in their cars to go to the grocery store, to go to the doctor, to things like that. So how do you even know if the people in the car are going to the doctor or the grocery? You can't know those things. It's ridiculous. No, so but I think, but,
0: but they're, they're start, I mean, look, you look at the New Jersey attorney general in some of these places they they gave a very stern warning they said you know the, the, the time for warnings is over you'll have serious consequences and 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 look you know you know how closely i have followed the crime issue in all 50 states yeah. for the last 7 years and i am sh- i have never seen anything like that and 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 again they're they're actually letting them out irrespective of their criminal history like you know they could have 10 arrests 10 convictions they will let them out now i mean There is something very, very dark if you look at the amalgamation of what they're doing and what they're not doing. Again, there's no discussion of decoupling and social distancing from China. There's no discussion about the supply chain. There's no discussion about deregulation of the healthcare supply side and and getting rid of the monopoly of the big conglomerate hospitals, allowing doctors to own hospitals, reversing that provision of Obamacare. I'm not seeing anything on what would actually help. I'm not even seeing a provision to prevent this from happening in the future. And at least could we all learn our lesson and mandate a travel ban the minute we see an outbreak somewhere in China or wherever? That's not there. What is it? Crush liberty. Check. Welfare spending. Check. Redistribution of wealth, because that's the way they're doing this. Check. uh, Bailouts. Check. Debt. Check. Jailbreak. Check. More immigration. More worker visas when you're saying 40 percent American unemployment. Check. Ban gun stores, but open up. uh, But keep marijuana shops and liquor shops open. I I mean, Mark, there's something very dark happening here, and that ain't just over concern of coronavirus.
1: Well, I think – so you're hitting on a fundamental problem for us as conservatives, which is the Republican Party, when it's in opposition, Shucks. talks like conservatives. Oh, well, They yeah, talk yeah. like conservatives, right? And when they govern, they govern like Democrats. Uh, this is just a pattern, right? So we talk tough. We talk fiscally tough if we're in the minority uh, we talk about border control when the minority. We talk about overturning Obamacare when we're in the minority. And then when Republicans get into power, they govern like Democrats. It's the same kind of stuff. And so the question is holding them accountable. I think we have an incredible opportunity right now. And I think with Trump in place, the opportunity is better than ever before. And that is a lot of the things that Trump is doing that are so positive right now deregulating. Uh, the medical industry, for example, allowing people to blow through FDA compliance much more rapidly. These are things that should become permanent Permanent. fixtures. Another one is what he's done with the trucking industry. The trucking industry has just been crushed by regulation. I have friends who run trucking companies. They've been crushed by regulation. Trump has just removed a bunch of that this should be done by congress now it should be made permanent we should be inserting a lot of these things in the bills if you want to know how to govern during a crisis to move your agenda forward just watch what the democrats do and we should have the same sort of agenda and i pray that somebody in washington dc is listening to this podcast i know i'm going to start reaching out and i'm going to start asking where's the go forward agenda what are we doing to push forward with liberty, to push forward with economic freedom, to push forward on our national sovereignty? What are we doing with this crisis to make sure we come out better on the other side?
0: Let let me ask you this. Everything's bigger in Texas. Shouldn't maybe we start with a state like Texas? And again, I, I think Greg Abbott has achieved the right balance. He's actually led the nation in deregulation, really trying to actually address the problem on the supply chain of food and vital services and trucking regulations and uh, you know certificate of, of need and uh, um, licensing for cross-state uh, medical providers. He's done a lot of good stuff. He hasn't gone draconian, but you are having um, lo- localities, a couple of counties are doing it, more are toying with it. And by the way, I marvel at Democrats. Our guys can't accomplish something when they control the feds, yet these guys in a red state, but a blue county, they'll have a sanctuary for illegals, they'll, they'll have jailbreak, they'll have lockdown for everyone else. I mean, you know, you got to marvel, like they'll make their agenda work with control of a, of a county commission. Our guys can't make our agenda work with control of the house, Senate and white house.
1: Because I think, and this is, we're addressing this problem head on right now. We do not take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of us. And there is some actual good reason for that that I understand, and so part of the reason that Democrats have an advantage in this arena is they don't believe in the rule of law. They don't believe in the Constitution. They don't worry about playing yep. fair, They, you know? So when you're willing to be completely corrupt and dishonest, and you're willing to use whatever lever of power you can get your hands on, whether it's moral or immoral, then you're gonna move your agenda forward much more rapidly. That's the nature of the beast. Sure. And I think we need to be very careful. I do hear people on our side that are tempted to play the same way. I think that's a very bad idea. Uh, you know, get a hold of the monkey's paw. That's not a good idea. And so what we need to do is we need to make sure we're doing it cleanly, morally, ethically, and within the bounds of the system. And I still think we can do a heck of a lot more than we're doing right now.
0: So, so again, you're the grassroots uh, coordinator. That That's what you do. What should I tell people to do? What states to start with? Where should we go? I think we have some good policy ideas to push with with state legislators. But I know you you've dealt with state legislators probably more than anyone else around because of the work on Article five, pushing the convention of the states with them and successfully and pretty much everywhere where there is, you know, full Republican control. So what's the best way to approach, you know, someone's living in a zip code, a locality, very micro level, which is what this should be what's the best way to approach their reps?
1: So I think the way to approach your rep is with respect and admiration and thanks. And so we we have a sort of a two-fold approach going on with state reps right now. Number one is we're just reaching out to make sure they're okay as human beings. This is important to remember when we say that government or we say politicians, we think of them as somehow separate from us, and they're not, and they shouldn't be, and we shouldn't, there's many reasons we shouldn't see them like that. In a time of crisis, we have to remember some of them are in crisis. I have, for example, I have a legislator in South Dakota right now. He's an opponent of the Convention of States. He's on a ventilator in a hospital with the virus and potentially could die. Our grassroots are reaching out to him and his family, seeing if there's anything we can do, letting them know we're praying for them. So this is our first and foremost responsibility as yep. human beings. Is to care for each other and really there's an old adage people don't care what you know until they know that you care and so i think this is first is just to let our legislators know hey we want to make sure you're okay we care about you you're a public servant you're willing to serve us we want to make sure you're okay number two is we want to know and this is again important it goes with the first one what can we do to help are there people in the community that need our help you're sort of our elect. you are our elected representative. You're at the center of our community. Is there something you know of where we can help? Well, we're doing it on our own, but if you, if you have a way to direct us, we're happy to be directed. And then third is, we think you're more important, perhaps, than you think you are. In other words, yes. we want you in the game. You are, are our representative at the state level. Our governor is doing things we may or may not agree with, and we need you in the game. Everybody likes to be needed. Everybody wants to be wanted. And so letting your state legislature know we don't want you out of circulation. We want you meeting electronically. We want you doing the same kind of Zoom calls we're doing. Right now, this is our three-step program. That then, If folks want to be engaged in that, and we're telling people to do this and telling them how. They can go to conventionofstates.com and get signed up. By the way, and I want to be clear, that's not a pitch for Convention of States right now. I sure. agree with you. Our house is burning. And so Convention of States, to me, the actual calling of a convention while i think it's important it's taken a back seat yes, to what's going on yes. in the country right now so if people get signed up you can unsign up later on get signed up now so you can get these alerts and learn how to resist and then the last one i would add daniel which is what we started with is be defiant this is a matter of attitude do not go quietly into the night do not them let them take away your rights without speaking out and you should be saying to your state representative I don't agree with what my governor's doing if he's doing shut-in. I don't agree with what my city council's doing. Do that at the city council level and the county board level, too. We should express outrage when they're doing these things. We should express appreciation that they're concerned and that they want us to be safe, but not that they're ordering us around.
0: Exactly. Very well said. Um, where could people find your, po- your daily podcast, your social media, your website? Where, where could people go?
1: Sure. So the podcast, uh, you can just find me at the Mark Meckler Show. And obviously, that's on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. I have a new community, and I'd love to talk to you further about this off air. It's at Low, there's a thing called Locals. I have a community called markmeckler.com. You can go there, you can engage with me. And this is where we're actually trading tips. We're talking all day long, markmeckler.com. I'm on Twitter at markmeckler. If you want to see slices of the real life, you can find me on Instagram at realmarkmeckler.
0: Well, markmeckler.com, that's where you guys could go. And and Mark, yeah, we need you to help promote the citizen sanctuary because we do need that sanctuary for the forgotten American citizen who has taken a backseat. We need to get back to self-government. As you told me off the air, and I think this will be the title of the show, this is our don't shred on me moment. Get active at a county and a state level to stop this because, again, that will actually turn this around and dictate a lot of the policies we're going to see at the federal level thank you mark we have a lot more ahead of us that we need to we need to do to do five more shows together just to scrape the service we'll talk about convention of the states down the road folks a lot more going on go to harwood citizen sanctuary facebook follow me at Arm conservative email me d at blazemedia.com follow my articles i'm going to have a detailed piece on the bill itself the bailout bill at conservativereview.com, as well as some other calls to action about state legislatures, jailbreak, all sorts of things going on. We are on it till tomorrow. God bless y'all. And thank you for listening.